Before we start today's episode, I wish to acknowledge that this podcast has been recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people. I pay my deepest respect to Elders past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. I acknowledge the Ghana people as the custodians of the Adelaide region, and consider myself incredibly lucky to live, work, and raise a family on Ghana land. everyone and welcome to the Truth About Aging podcast. I'm your host, Kate Helmore. Each week we'll be unpacking your questions about the aged care sector, discussing how to age well, grow old and make informed decisions. Let's get started. Hello friends and welcome to episode 64 of the Truth About Aging podcast. Boy, it has been a little while between records (laughs) and I will start with a bit of a uh, check-in with you all just to explain a little bit about that as well. But firstly, thank you for joining me today in today's episode. If you haven't been around here before, my name is Kate. I am a social gerontologist, so my background is in social work with a Master of Gerontology been in the aged care sector for 13 years now across a variety of different roles and settings, some in home care, some in residential care, different volunteering capacities. So I'm just really passionate about people being able to access aged care services and navigate the aged care system in a way that they feel confident and empowered and like they have choices along the way, which they do. And many of the clients that I work with are the children of people that are going through aging pathway at the moment or needing to link in with services. And so the topic of today's discussion is all about hard conversations and really how to have those conversations with your loved ones. So before we jump into that, a little bit of a check in with you all. So the last episode was released on the 3rd of May. So it's been a good three months now (laughs) since we had an episode. I've always felt really passionate about quality over quantity, and I would never want to just push out episodes for the sake of it. I think, look, life with a toddler is pretty all-consuming. So there was definitely a large part of that where I just felt like I needed to take a little bit of a step back uh, because things were starting to feel all pretty busy. We also moved house, we've had grandparents overseas, so not as much beautiful help as we're normally used to. And also, as you can probably tell through my quite nasally voice, (laughs) we have also been subject to our fair share of winter illnesses too. Yay for childcare. So there's been both a whole lot and not a whole lot going on in my world at the moment. But as part of this, I took some time to sit back and reflect on what's really important to me in the podcast and in my business space. And part of that is connecting with you all regularly. I really do feel passionate about sharing this information about how we can better have conversations about aging, how we can access services about aging, and how we can navigate that space. So I really wanted to put some time and energy back into giving this information to you all. So there's two parts of that. One, which you may be aware of if you're already signed up, I have started a more formal monthly newsletter 
So these go out on the first Sunday of each month and they cover, it'll be a different theme each time. So the theme of this month is hard conversations, but I'll also be looking at other things, whether it's dementia, palliative care, accessing care services, changes to funding reform. There's a whole lot of different topics that I'll look at across the course of the year. But if you are interested in joining into that newsletter, you can head to my website, which is www.navigateagedcare.com.au. And if you head to the newsletter page or even just go forward slash newsletter, (laughs) they are all linked in there. And there's also a spot for you to pop your details in if you'd like to join the newsletter list. So I absolutely don't spam you with things because I don't have the time for that. But you will get one email a month with a bit of an update and a link in to the different things that have been going on. I'm also jumping back into fortnightly podcast episodes and they will be linked around the theme of that month. So again, this month's theme is hard conversations. So without further ado, because that was a big five minute intro, we will jump into the topic of today's episode, which is hard conversations. So this one came up for a couple of reasons. One of those reasons has been around conversations that I've had a lot with my grandma, who is worried about the prospect of living with dementia. And like many people, we'll sometimes overinterpret small little signs or little everyday memory loss that any of us experience, like, oh gosh, where did I put my keys? Or what was I just getting from the fridge? as maybe potential signs of dementia. And she's not alone in that. I know a lot of people are quite worried about um, potentially living with that illness. And there are over 400,000 Australians estimated to be living with dementia, which is expected to increase to 800,000 by 2058. So it certainly impacts a lot of people. And within that, also a lot of families and a lot of carers that are also linked into those individuals. I've found with a lot of clients have been working through how to have these conversations with loved ones about accessing services or maybe even sometimes about their own memory loss. And I'm going to split this up across a couple of episodes. So today's episode is going to be all about the accessing services part of it. And the next episode will be more about those living with dementia and how to have conversations with them about potentially their own memory loss or services as well. But for this week's episode more on hard conversations about accessing services. So these hard conversations can take many, many different forms. So it might be things like, as I said, encouraging someone to accept some help at home. It might be talking about whether where they're living at the moment is the more appropriate place for them, if they're maybe needing a little bit more support. It could be having some discussions to understand better if they're aware of some of their physical or cognitive decline. So how do you, how do you have these discussions? I often have clients come and say like, I just, I don't know where to start with this. So in my experience, there are three key pillars to productive and positive hard conversations. These are curiosity, empathy, and goal-focused discussion. So we're going to break those down a little bit and we're going to do it in the framework of trying to help a loved one access services. And this is often a starting point for people. As I touched on, it's often the children of that I work with who are saying, we're noticing these changes with mum or dad, but we just don't know how to get them started or how to bring them on that journey with us to access services. 
So let's go to those three pillars. First one, curiosity. Curiosity is asking them questions to understand what life is actually like for them. So we might think we have a bit of an idea about what it's like to be them, but I think sometimes I've been surprised by the answers that I've got from clients in these circumstances with some of these different things. So what that might look like, and by all means, I'm not saying sit down and barrage them with these eight different questions. This is more so these are some gentle prompts that you might want to start work into your conversations. So it might be that you just ask one when you're there once and then you ask a couple more the next time. It's meant to be a free-flowing, natural conversation, certainly not an interrogation of sit down, let's go through these. But this is more what it might look like to engage in those conversations with a sense of curiosity. So it might look like what are some of the delights of aging? What are the good bits? You know, do people look up to you or ask you questions about things that you might have wisdom on or call you when they don't know what ingredients to put in a special cake or what plant that might be that's growing out the back of their house? What are some of the challenging parts? Is it maybe starting to feel a little bit more frail? Is it feeling like you're losing some independence? How do you feel that you're managing at the moment? And this is a big one, and I think it's really one to get comfortable kind of asking about too, because I think often when you really sit down and when you're in a space where people feel comfortable to be vulnerable, you can get some really interesting answers out of that too. What brings you joy? What scares you about aging? And then some more kind of practical things around like, how do you go hanging the washing on the line? Is it hard to change the bed sheets? Or how's your neighbor been since their fall? You're just starting to get curious about their life and build an understanding of what their greatest strengths, challenges, and worries are. So these are all just gentle questions that you might start to mix into your day-to-day discussion, just so you really start to understand what life is like for them. So that's number one, curiosity. Number two, and this is So important to, as I was saying before, having vulnerable discussions, to be able to feel vulnerable, you kind of need to have a sense of empathy and be able to get alongside them and put yourself in their shoes. So this is saying things that once they've maybe they've talked about some of those things that might be challenging or things that are harder or things that they're loving, you want to put yourself in their situation. So this might look like, I imagine that must be really hard to feel like the housework's getting more challenging but also really wanting to manage your home independently. What what do you think that might look like going forward? Or I know when I had knee surgery, I really struggled to let other people help me, but I did find it got a bit easier once I acknowledged that it was going to help me out in the long run. Or looking at some of those positive things, I know how much you love gardening and it must feel frustrating that it's getting harder to maintain. Maybe we could look at some ways of making that easier for you. Now, part of what sits under this, alongside that empathy and really trying to understand what they're going through, and when I say understand, I think really think in the context of not just the time that you're with them or the time that you're talking to them, but what happens outside of that? Do they see other people throughout the day? Do they have many conversations? Do they take many phone calls? Are they busy? Are they sitting and watching TV or reading a book? Is that in line with what they like to do, because for a lot of introverts, that is their absolute prime. 
But if they've previously been someone that's quite extroverted and maybe now only has a visitor once or twice a week, what does the rest of that time look like? Really get curious and use that empathy to have a look at what is their life like now? And also find a way to get comfortable And often the way to do this is just by exposure and doing it gradually, but get comfortable with talking about loss. And when I say loss, that can be of any kind. It can be loss of independence, loss of physical abilities, loss of loved ones. There's a lot of loss as we age. There's also a lot of things that we gain, but there is a lot of loss. And so being comfortable speaking about that and not making it a taboo topic can be a really great way of building empathy and understanding their situation and opening up that discussion. So part three is goal-focused discussion. So what do they ultimately want to achieve? Now, this is where it gets a little bit crafty, and sometimes it might be helpful to sit down and really have a think about this beforehand. Because I've been doing it for a number of years now, I feel that once you've done it, it starts to feel quite natural and easy to pull together. But if you're just getting started and you don't feel comfortable with it, sit down and do some reflection before you have this discussion. You might have, you know, two weeks ago, I started having some of those curiosity discussions. You might have then started to use a little bit of empathy. And now you want to sit down and reflect on how you can put that into goal-focused discussion. So what this might look like, and I'll break it down for you, but I'll give you the example. You've expressed how important it is to remain at home for as long as possible. For me to support you with this, I think we should consider looking at some help maintaining the home. So what have you done there? You've heard what's important to them. You've used that curiosity. It's really important for them to stay at home for as long as possible. You're using some empathy. So I really want to support you in this. And for me to do that, I think we should consider looking at some options together. So it's bringing them on that journey. You're using your curiosity, your empathy, and you're setting a bit of a goal. You're letting them know, I'm here with you and I want to support you in these goals. But for me to do that, this is what we might need to add in. Another example. I know gardening brings you so much joy in life so that we can make sure you can continue to garden. Do you think we could maybe consider raising the garden beds so that it's a little bit safer? And as you age, it's something you can keep doing. So again, we're acknowledging gardening brings joy. We love gardening. Maybe part of that is also understanding that is something that's really important and I understand that's important to you. So the goal is, could we consider maybe raising the garden beds so it's a little bit safer? It's a little, I'll meet you halfway. Let's, let's, I see your goal and I want to help you with that and this is how we might be able to do it. Last one. I understand that someone else's cleaning might not be quite up to your standard, which also, as a side note, is a very regular one that comes up with people that are like, no, they won't clean as well as I do. Anyway, we're acknowledging that. I understand that someone else's cleaning might not be up to your standard, but do you think we could maybe try just have someone come in and just change the bed sheets or maybe mop the floors and see how they go with that? And then we could maybe have a look if, if it's going well to add some extra things in. Again, Curiosity, empathy, goal-focused discussion. So using all that knowledge of their life that you've ascertained through your curiosity, paired with a bit of empathy to create some goals that meet their needs. I find this is the best solution. What do I want? The best mm, 
formula. It's the best formula to get a positive outcome. And that doesn't mean you're going to get it every time. It might be a gradual process. And the biggest thing I say with any home care services, particularly when you're starting, start small. Find a small opening. So don't start with, I think you need to access physiotherapy. You need to get the shower redone. You need to have someone come in and change your sheets and make your meals and way too much. It's highly unlikely, unless there's been a really critical incident, like someone's been hospitalized or had a big health turn, they're not going to go from zero to 100. You want to start small. So finding that opening, and often it's cleaning or gardening and cleaning as well, break it down to a single task or two. Might just be changing the bed sheets, might just be hanging out the washing, might just be cleaning the bathroom, whatever it is. Pick a single task if you need to. And the gardening might just be mowing the lawn, whatever it is, pick the small tasks and start there. Once you can kind of get them on board and once they're used to people coming into their home, which is also a big thing, you suddenly have people called carers. When you've been fully independent your whole life, you then have people coming in to provide care services to you, which feels like a really clinical model and can feel like giving up a lot of independence Start with one. Once they get used to that and they realize, hey, this is actually just a friendly face that's going to pop in once a fortnight and help me change the sheets. Amazing. They get to know the staff. They get to know the services. Then after a month or so, you might go, hey, do you think maybe we could add this little bit in because I know this is really important to you? Gradually increase services over time. And this is the most effective way to use your home care package is starting before a crisis and starting small. And it's so important too, which goes without saying, that you respect their wish for independence because undoubtedly one day when we all get to that age and need help, we're probably going to be just as stubborn and not want to access anything either. Independence is so fundamentally important to us. So it's really important that we respect that alongside providing some gentle prompting and support to get access to services along the way. So that is Part one of hard conversations. So just to recap, hard conversations can take a number of different forms, but today we're really focusing on accessing services and particularly accessing services for the first time. We're going to approach it with curiosity, ask questions, understand what life is like for them. We're going to use our empathy. We're going to put ourselves in their shoes and really start to understand and get a picture of what their whole life is like and what that might feel like to live like that. And thirdly, goal-focused discussion. What do they want to achieve? How can we use the things that we know is important to them with a little bit of empathy, get alongside them to create a goal that then meets their needs and wishes so that you can do it collaboratively. You're not doing things for them. You're not taking things away from them. You're doing it together to meet a common goal. As always, if you have any questions that come out of today's discussion, please send them through. As you can probably tell from my enthusiasm, despite my cold, I love this stuff. This is something I'm really passionate about because the way that we frame these discussions is so important about how this goes over time and how we manage to support our loved ones going forward. If you would like more information about me, you can head to www.navigateagecare.com.au. 
You can head to the newsletter page and sign up to the newsletter. You can have a look on my services page. I've just recently added in a free 15-minute consult. So if you think that you might need some help for your loved one, but you don't really know if it's the point that you need to get someone in to help, or maybe it's just earlier on, or you're not sure what the next steps are, please feel free to book in a 15-minute consult. It's no charge. I'll just have a chat to you through what's going on for them at the moment, what things might be helpful. And if it is suitable, I can offer some of my services that might help, or it might just be as simple as giving you a few pointers on the phone that allow you to keep going for a while. So that's always an option as well. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. I will be back in your ears in two weeks time. I am really quite excited to be back. I think I've missed this a little bit. Maybe not the editing. Editing's less fun, but the recording, it's a really good time. I will be sending this one out shortly. I don't really have much else to say, but I will speak to you all again soon. Bye.